Be ready for everything and anything. Every good player has the ability to slow the game down. It doesn't matter what just happened, it's what you're gonna do next. Welcome to the Get Zoned In podcast for coaches looking to improve their skills and knowledge both on and off the field. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, this podcast is for you. We'll be exploring a variety of topics that are relevant and important to baseball and softball coaches, but this advice can be used for all sports and skill levels. Join us as we dive into the world of coaching and learn from some of the best in the business. Whether you're looking to improve your team's performance or just want to make a positive impact on your players, we've got you covered. Let's go and let's play ball. Welcome to the Get Zoned In podcast. I'm Duke Baxter with Steve Nickrack inside Zone Sports Academy, and we have another great episode for you today. Coach Steve and I just started our fall team trainings and are out on the field, and fall ball is in full swing. We've been getting asked a lot of questions about training, workouts, how to get stronger, faster, and so Coach Steve, who do we have today? Yeah, guys, welcome back. If there's, if there's one thing we've learned, it's that the path to athletic excellence isn't just about raw talent or skills. It's about daily persistence, relentless effort, and unwavering commitment. Who better to dive into this topic than someone who's at the forefront of helping athletes reach their full potential? Today, we have the privilege of having Joey Greeny with us. Joey's not just any fitness enthusiast. He's the Major League Strength and Conditioning Coach for the Tampa Bay Rays. His tenure includes nearly seven years with the Tampa Bay Rays and almost nine years with the Kansas City Royals, nearly two decades of working with elite professional athletes. His expertise is undeniable. Beyond his professional experience, he's also got a very impressive academic resume as well. He's received a master's degree in exercise science and injury prevention from the California University of Pennsylvania and a bachelor's degree in phys physical education from Martin Methodist College. He's also a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a performance enhancement specialist. If you follow Joey's activities, you know he's all about embracing the process and learning from it. Whether it's shedding light on the importance of thoracic mobility or advocating the benefits of lifting heavy during competitive seasons, Joey's insights will be helpful to all athletes and, and enthusiasts alike. So without further ado, let's dive right into the world of strength, conditioning, and the magic behind helping athletes perform on the field. Joey, thanks so much for joining us. Guys, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and talk with you guys about performance training. It's very important, especially at the youth level. Awesome. So, Joey, can you take us through your baseball journey? How did you first get into the world of training, baseball, and did you play when you were younger? Take us through your journey. Yeah, so I grew up uh, in upstate New York, played baseball pretty much my whole life. I was also involved in martial arts, and I was uh, pretty much uh, always athletic, always into sports at a young age, uh, playing with my two brothers and sister. And, you know, it was just something that I just loved. I enjoyed competing. I enjoyed uh, the camaraderie with my teammates. Um, and then I went, to, I went to school, studied exercise science and performance training. And, and from there, I got into strength and conditioning. And, and, and the training aspect of things, and it kind of evolved over time. And then uh, I took my certifications, like you mentioned there. Um, and then in 2008, I, uh, I took a job with the Kansas City Royals, and I worked with their minor league uh, affiliates for nine seasons. And then in 2017, made the jump from the, from the minor league level to major league level with Tampa Bay. Been there ever since, worked with uh, some incredible coaches, so many great athletes over the years. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great experience. Uh, and it's something I enjoy doing each and every day. 
what's the minor league grind like? Is it is it the same as you know us? We were former minor league ball players. We were, we had hopes and and dreams of making it to the show one day. Was it was it the same for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit better now, but yeah, uh, it's uh, long bus rides. Uh, you know, you're staying at the super eights, the uh, the quality inns. Nothing that there's anything wrong with those hotels, but uh, it's not the you know the four seasons uh, in Baltimore like like where we're at right now. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely a grind, you know. And uh, they always say, listen, if you don't like it, you got to play better, right, for the players. So um, you know, it's definitely a grind, but. Uh, but it's a good learning experience, especially for the young kids in, you know, in the minor leagues. Um, then when you get to the major league level, it's, uh, it's well worth it uh, for them. That's awesome. So, so what compelled you to become a strength and conditioning coach? You know, what, what kind of fueled the passion for that? You know, you just look at, you know, the talent across the world, you know, um, and, and being able to compete at a high level. Uh, there's only so many athletes that can really get to the top, It'd be, whether it's MLB, the NHL, NFL. Uh, soccer, tennis, the elite levels. Um, but then if you take a step back and say, like, okay, what makes these athletes great? Well, a lot has to do with their physical preparedness, their physical readiness, uh, you know, and, and also the mental side of things. So I was just always interested on, you know, how can we get that extra edge? How can we gain an extra step on our competition? Um, and I would train myself, you know, through, uh, through elementary school, high school, or middle school, high school, college, to try to get stronger, try to get faster. Um, and, and that's what kind of led me into what I'm doing today. Can you take us through, uh, you know, a day in the life of, of you? you? You guys are in Baltimore. You got a big series coming up. You know, what's, what's your timetable look like today? What time are you getting to the field? What's early work look like? You know, how do you get these guys ready? Yeah, so um, today we have a 7-15 game in Baltimore. So the schedule is pretty much the same for these seven o'clock games or 640 games you get to the ballpark uh you know the coaches will kind of work out themselves get ourselves prepared for the players coming in uh, when the players come in they'll some of them will eat some of them will come right into the weight room or right into the training room to kind of get their bodies ready for the day um, so they'll either be working out getting treatment watching video um, talking to our nutrition staff biomechanists uh, mental performance side of things so there's a lot going on prior to the day um, and then we'll go out, we'll do a stretch, we'll have batting practice, um, infielders will take ground balls, outfielders will take some fly balls, we'll do some conditioning with the pitchers out there. Then we'll come in for a little while, guys will get themselves, uh, you know, a meal, get them ready for the game, and then come out to the game. When they come out to the game, position players will be on the line, they'll do some uh, speed drills, they'll do some uh, high-speed sprints, that way in the first inning, if they have to be beat out a base hit, uh, their legs are ready to go. Their bodies are ready to go. And, that, and that's pretty much it. So what are some things that people don't realize that goes into training players behind the scenes? Like when we watch some of your stuff on social media, you know, it's not just the typical kind of workouts. You have, you know, the different water balls. You, you have all kinds of awesome things that you do in your training. How do you keep it fun? And what are you doing behind the scenes that people don't see? Yeah, there's a lot of things you have to take into consideration, especially when you're working with the major league uh, level uh, athletes. You know, a lot of these players, they're they're older players. You know, they, they, they have their own routines, so you have to respect that. You have to work with them with that. Uh, also, a lot of the players that we have on the major league team, you know, they've been playing for so long. They have, you know, an injury history. They've had multiple surgeries. So you got to take that into consideration uh, when you're working with, 
some of the some of the major league uh, players. Um, and then with that in mind, uh, structuring their workouts to be able to maintain or increase their strength and power levels throughout the long season of baseball. You know, you guys know how it is. It's, you know, seven months of every single day, you know, ground balls, uh, practice, BP, playing games day after day after day. Uh, so you really have to uh, be mindful and, and really manage strength and power levels, but also be mindful of fatigue uh, and the recovery aspect. So it's, it's, uh, it's definitely a unique experience and uh, each and every day is different when it comes to that aspect. You talked about the guys having their own, their own programs. I'm sure a lot of them have their own, you know, sports performance coaches at home in the off season. You know, how's that work for you? Like, you know, do you set up meetings with them to, to talk to them, you know, prior to the season on where they're at in their training and how to best kind of, you know, mend the two together? Yeah. So at the end of each season, we'll have we'll have goals for each of our players going into the offseason, what we feel like they need to work on physically. Um, and then if, wherever they're training, if they're training at a facility or if they're training at home, uh, we'll provide them workouts uh, through an app or just through a PDF. Um, and then we'll we'll touch base with them uh, each month or so or every couple of weeks. Keep that uh, line of communication going with the player and with, uh, with the trainer or coach that they're training with, um, you know, and it's also, it's good to get another set of eyes on the player. You know, we work with a player year, you know, for the, for the seven months, but they go home in the off season, maybe we miss something with them and, and, and you know, another coach can pick it up and relay that message to us. Um, so, you know, there's a team of us working and, and checking in with each player uh, throughout the off season. You know, it's exciting because, you know, December 2nd and 3rd, for everybody that's listening, you're going to be coming out to New Jersey and be and going to be at Zone Sports Academy working with youth players. Can you give us an example of some of the things that you're going to be doing with the athletes? What can they expect when they come to this awesome training camp with you heading it? What can they expect? Yeah, so when they come to the camp, uh, you know, in, in early December there, it's It'd be a great experience. We're gonna we're gonna train just like the pros do. We're gonna go through a dynamic warm up. We're gonna get into some plyometric work. Um, we're gonna do some uh, uh, quick feet work, rapid response type of training, quickness training, um, and then we'll do some change of direction, and then uh, we'll finish off with uh, some good quality speed work. Uh, but it's the drills, it's the exercises that exactly uh, it's it's what the professionals use at the top level, the elite levels of sport. Um, and I'm going to package it up, create this system um, and this process uh, for all the young athletes uh, in that New Jersey area. Um, and then you'll be able to take this home with you and do it at home by yourself, with your parents, with your coaches. Um, and it, it, drills are simple. It's basic. Um, but as long as you're consistent, you have discipline, you stick with the process, um, you should see results in your preparation and in your, in your, uh, in your overall speed. That's awesome because I remember when, when we met, we had the privilege of, uh, of meeting you at the, the Yankees-Rays game not too long ago. And, and I had asked you for this, for this clinic, you know, what kind of equipment do you need? And, and you said really not that much, you, you know, some, some cones, some speed ladders, maybe some hurdles. You know, and there's a lot of young kids out there that are trying to get into this for the first time. And it can be overwhelming. They don't, they don't really know what to do. Um, so the fact that they can, they can come out here and check it out and then go home knowing they don't need all this fancy stuff. They just need, you know, kind of the roadmap you created for them, you know, kind of gets them off on, on, on the right foot. Yeah, absolutely. You know, start basic. Um, you know, you have your whole uh, athletic career to get a little more complex, but you got to really 
focused on that foundation, focused on the basics, get really good at that. Then later on in, in your, uh, in your athletic career, you can start adding a little more of the advanced training into your, uh, routine. You know, I think it's so interesting because I was always like that, that seven, one runner that, you know, was, oh, you got to break that six, nine, you got to break that seven. I was like, man, I would try to do everything possible to try to get faster. And, you know, the words back then were, you know, you can't get faster. You're either fast or you're not fast. You know, you can try to train, you can do this and that, but but watching some of the stuff that you talk about and other strength and conditioning and speed coaches, you clearly say, yes, you can get faster. There are things that you can train. So for those players out there that are like, ah, you know, I'm just slow. Well, you don't have to stay slow. You know, you can get quicker. So can you talk a little bit about how everything's kind of just evolved to where speed can, you, you can increase someone's speed? Yeah. You're absolutely right. Um, you know, years ago, the belief was, listen, you have to pick the right parents in order to have speed. Right. Um, but yeah, you know, over time, we, we understand that, that that's not the case. Um, you can get faster, especially at the youth level. Those youth ages are, are huge at developing speed, uh, developing athleticism. So it's very important to start adding that training in when you're, when you're, when you're fairly young, as you get into the uh, college and the professional uh, levels, then it starts to get a little bit harder to, to develop more speed. These guys are at the top of their game, but at that point, it's more about not losing a step. You know, as these players get into the major league level and they get older and they're playing year after year after year, it's like, okay, we might not increase their speed, but we sure don't want to lose a step or lose speed. So uh, that's where that speed training comes in at the elite levels but at the youth levels it's very important you can get faster with hard work dedication and, and the proper training I remember when I was in college Chase Utley was you know big time in in, in Philly and I, I was at Temple University and I read a couple articles that he had lifted really heavy in the offseason and then he kind of transitioned into more you know yoga and flexibility and mobility you know do your guys lift heavy all season long do they not you know what's uh kind of the in-season versus off-season program look like yeah, so if you look at a, you know, a 12-month process, 12-month program, there are periods of time where they do lift heavy. There are periods of time where they're going a little bit lighter, but maybe they're moving the weight faster. And there's different technology that we use to track bar speed to make sure they're staying in a speed zone or they're staying in a strength zone. Um, so, you know, overall, they're kind of going through the, the whole process. They're lifting heavy. They're lifting light. They're lifting lightweight fast. They're jumping. They're doing mobility. They're doing flexibility. Um, so we try to incorporate uh, a variety of different training tactics and modalities uh, to keep these guys feeling fresh, keep them strong, keep them explosive. So when they go out and they compete and they play that game at seven o'clock at night, they feel their best physically. And if they feel their best physically, then hopefully they're in a good position to help the team win. Can you give us maybe like your top five speed exercises, right? Because back in the day, it was more like static stretching. When you warmed up, it was just like arm across, you touch your toes, you lift up your leg. Then they went more into a dynamic slash like plyometric kind of movements and stuff like that. So for all the youth coaches out there that are watching and listening, can you give us five exercises or some exercises that they can install into their warmups that can really help their, their young ball players, you know, before they head out to practice or game day? Yeah, so if you're looking, you know, prior to the game, prior to practice, you want to do stuff that prepares your body 
uh, for explosive movements. So adding in things into your warm up, like skipping, like low level plyometrics and shuffles. You can do some like half kneeling starts, face down starts where you have your athletes get down on the ground uh, and then they react to your clap or your, your go and they get up and accelerate 10 yards. So those are some easy drills you can include right into your warm up with your players. Um, but you want to get their nervous system going. You can toss some med balls around, you know, rotational med balls, explosive med balls forward um, to kind of get their bodies primed and prepped and ready for, uh, you know, swinging and running any explosive movements that they might be performing on the field. Uh, you know, it's fairly easy to include that into your workouts. Well, I, I know you got to get to the field. I have one question. It's kind of a funny one, a little bit off topic, but worst minor league location for you throughout the grind? What was the one you hated the most? Oof. There's a few. Um, I'd probably have to say probably Beloit, Wisconsin. All right. uh, you know, that was, we stayed at a truck stop there. It was, it was always cold too, the time of year we went there. And I remember sleeping on the top of the bed uh, because some of the players and, and other coaches and staff had uh, bed bugs. So I remember just sleeping in sweatshirt, sweatpants on top of the bed, didn't, you know, on top of the, the covers there. Uh, and it had two entrances to the, uh, to the hotel, it had a front entrance and, an, and a, and a back entrance with a, uh, you know, actual key. Uh, to get in and out. So that was probably the uh, the one I have to say was the most uh, eye-opening. <laughs> no doubt. Can you talk to us a little bit about um, the difference between training a pitcher versus a position player? You know, because, you know, we have, we have these, when you're 11, 12, 13, I know it's way different in the big leagues where, where you are, it's much different. But we have players that, you know, they are pitchers and position players. So is there a difference when it comes to, you know, working out? You know, some coaches say, you know, you don't want to do any bench press if you're a pitcher. You don't want to. Meanwhile, these kids are almost all pitchers. So how can we differentiate some of the exercises or movements? And should coaches be afraid of certain things or, or maybe stay away from certain things as, you know, as an over the, you know, over the head throwing athlete? Yeah, um, so I would say probably about 90% of the training is going to be the same. Uh, pitchers will include some extra, uh, you know, shoulder work, you know, maybe some extra T-spine mobility or different shoulder strengthening exercises uh, into their program. But I would say 90% of the time, especially for the lower half, is going to be pretty much the same, you know. Uh, as far as like overhead training goes, pitchers can do overhead training. And they can do, we do have some players that do bench press pitchers, not on a straight bar, but more on a, uh, a bar that has different angles. It puts their shoulder in a better position. So, uh, so in that sense, a lot of guys do a bottom up kettlebell overhead press for more shoulder stability, but pitchers kind of, you know, they have to be strong in that overhead position. Um, so it is okay to train overhead with the pitchers. Okay, cool. What's, what's the post game routine look like? I, I just watched, uh, you know, the U.S. Open this last weekend, and, you know, after playing a four-hour match, the guys are going in, they're getting on the bike and, you know, getting a quick workout in, you know, after being on their feet and working out for four straight hours. Do you guys do do something similar? Similar, yeah, especially in spring training as the season goes on. Uh, you know, guys get set into their routines post-game. Uh, one thing that we've been doing a little bit different this year, we've been putting on the BFR cuffs uh, on the arms, and we just put it in recovery mode. Uh, so it's, you know, so it keeps the, uh, 
tension and restriction around the muscle. So it helps promote a little more blood flow. Um, some guys get into the tubs, hot, cold tubs, sauna, um, as far as recovery, hydration is huge. So immediately when they come out of the game, they're, uh, make sure they're getting enough electrolytes, protein, carbohydrates in, in a form of, uh, liquid. So it could be a smoothie shake, um, focusing on, uh, you know, quality nutrition. Um, some do come into the weight room and, and they'll work out right after just depending on, uh, you know, they may be up the next day or, you know, it just all depends on the game situation too, but some will come in and just do a, a normal strength training workout and then hit the recovery strategies right after that. Some just come in and strictly do uh, recovery. They'll do some arm exercises um, and then utilize our, mas our massage um, team, um, acupuncture team at the major league level. So it's a little different at the major level than it would be in the minor leagues or in the youth levels of, and, you know, at the youth levels, I would see coming, you know, coming out of the game, if you're a pitcher, probably doing some shoulder exercises and focusing on hydration, nutrition, uh, maybe some stretching. And then that'll be about it. And then the following day is strictly a recovery day for our, our pitchers. So they'll again, do some light, low level conditioning, kind of get their heart rate up probably around like 130, 140 range for about 10, 15 minutes. They'll do some stretching. Then they'll do massage work. They'll hit the tubs, do some contrast, hot, cold in the tubs, possibly a sauna and, you know, focus again on hydration, nutrition. They may meet with our chiropractor that's available on staff, uh, our athletic training team, doing some treatment on them, whether it's laser or grass and techniques. So there's, a you know, a lot goes on. And then the second day after the pitcher, that's their, their work day, day two and day three. Day four is more of an explosive type day. Um, maybe some med ball work, short explosive sprints, and then uh, they'll pitch on day five. That's awesome. You know, I think that so many kids were told back when, you know, we were younger, it was like, hey, during season, you don't want to work out. You don't want to get tight. You know, only you train in the off season, but you don't touch any weights in season. And it couldn't be further from the truth today, right? Like, so can you talk a little bit about that old myth of, you know, baseball players only train in the off season, they shouldn't train in season because that's clearly not the case. Right. Yeah. And we've, you know, we've talked a lot about pitchers, but even on the position player side, you know, these are the guys that are playing every single day, taking ground balls, taking swings, running on and off the field. Um, and, you know, they're still uh, consistent in their workout routine, strength training routine. Now they're not in the gym for 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, you know, we only have one, one of those guys on our team. But most of the time during the weight room, 15 to 30 minutes max, you know, and they come in, uh, you know, right now we're, you know, performing just a, a few different exercises for four to five total exercises um, maximum. Um, and they're, you know, around the three to five rep range. So it's low volume, but the intensity is high. So we're pushing those strength levels, those those power levels. Um, and that way, um, you know, they keep their they keep their body uh prepared for um, big muscle contractions. And that's the biggest thing um, when you're pushing the intensity, you know, during the season. But the biggest thing is to be consistent with your routine uh, during the season that puts your fitness level um, high and, you know, you're not going to get fatigued. You're not going to get sore. And as long as you just keep stretching your body progressively over time and, and, and focus on form and technique, uh, which is important. Yeah, you'll be fine. You won't be tired for the game. And our, a lot of our position players lift before the day. So they'll come in, work out, and then they'll go out for batting practice. And then they have the game after that. 
and that's every single day. Um, you know, they're probably working out with good intensity twice per week, but they're coming into the weight room every day doing something, whether it's flexibility, mobility, maybe they're, we're just working on a little bit of extra speed work with the player, not so much to fatigue them for the game, but just enough that way over the course of weeks and months, um, you know, they get a little bit better, but we like to use the term uh, micro dosing during the, during the season. So it's just small quality workouts over time. That's awesome. So I know there's a lot of moms and dads listening and they're thinking, man, when I come to the clinic on December 2nd and 3rd, what are the ages? What ages are Joe, is Joey going to work with? You know, what's the age range that, that we're going to be bringing to the Academy uh, in December? Yeah. So I think uh, we agreed on 12 to 18 was the age range, I believed. Um, yeah. So anybody, you know, 12 to 18 years old, um, looking to enhance their speed, their agility, their quickness, come on out. It's going to be a great event. You know, we're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of energy. We're going to learn some great drills. Uh, and it's gonna be, it'll be a great time. It's exciting watching your videos, man. When you're watching your videos, I saw one, I think you were in Miami or you were in Florida somewhere doing a clinic and it was, it was awesome to watch everybody going at the same time. The cadences, you know, they were sweating, they were smiling, they were having fun. And, uh, you know, so, so we're excited to have you in December. So thanks so much for being here. We, uh, we really appreciate you being on the podcast with us and taking the time out of your busy day. And, uh, yeah, thanks so much. Awesome. Good luck tonight. Thank you. Coach Duke, Coach Steve at Zone Sports Academy, thanks for watching. Dominate the day.